Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the Draft. King's YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. All right, brand new episode of the Iron Rappaport Stereo Podcast is coming up. Sam Ponders and her bum-ass quarterback husband, Christian Ponders, get the Willie Hutch treatment. Unofficial, official political correspondent Eli Lake breaks down everything that's going down in politics. Is Marshawn Lynch a head case? And NBA action is back, and it is fantastic. All on a brand new Iron Rappaport Stereo podcast coming up. October 24th, the time has come. My book finally has arrived. This book has balls, is out. You can get it at your local bookstore, Barnes & Noble, wherever you need to get it. Don't get the bootleg copy. It's available on hardcover, on audiobook. I can't wait to get the feedback from the fans. You know where to find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Email me your thoughts, responses, reviews, things you like, things that sucked. You can hit us up at Podcast at gmail.com. We're doing a live show October 30th, New York City at the Gramercy Theater. Tickets are still available at IamRappaportTour.com. Meet and greet. Taking selfies afterwards. Hope to see the entire tri-state area rapid pack there October 30th. Check out the book. I can't wait to hear what you guys think about the book. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on our Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook. Email us up. I am Rappaport Podcast at gmail.com. All right, it's week eight, and the fantasy football season is in full swing, which begs the question, how is your fantasy football team doing? Maybe you drafted a dud in the fourth round, or... 
Your first round pick got injured and is on the shelf with a bum wrist. Who knows? The good news is that it's not too late to forget those injuries and get back in the winning spirit at DraftKings with DraftKings One Week Fantasy Football. With DraftKings, there are so many ways to play. Choose between public contests with big cash prizes or private contests where you can compete against a group of your friends. DraftKings also has beginner and casual contests where you'll play against people of similar skill level. The best part is you get to draft an entirely new team each week without any commitment. There's no better way to turn your love of football into cash this Sunday, week 8, at DraftKings.com. Go to DraftKings.com now. Use the promo code RAPAPORT, R-A-P-A-P-O-R-T. Play for free with your first deposit for your share of over $1 million in prizes. This Sunday, the promo code is RAPAPORT. Play for free. They're giving away $1 million in prizes. DraftKings is the game inside the game. Minimum deposit of $5 is required. Eligibility and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right. This is the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. We are back. We are moving. We are grooving. They call us the Disco 2, the Malachi Brothers. My name is Michael Rappaport, a.k.a. the Gringo Mandingo. Here with G. Moody, last name rhymes with duty. And this is another award-winning, hard-body karate, raw dog, without a bag episode of the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Needless to say, it is October 24th. The day has arrived My book, The Shit-Talking Extravaganza, is now available in bookstores online at thisbookhasballs.com. Hardcover, audiobook. If you don't read, have your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your cousin, your son read it for you, read it to you. If you want to listen to the audiobook, it's well worth the money. I could talk shit. Right in your ear, just like this, about everything and anything from Floyd Mayweather to the great white hype of Ronda Rousey to why LeBron James will never be like Mike to the all-time greatest stickman list to the audacity of Muggsy Bogues and so on and so on. Nobody is untouched and this book has balls. I'm so fucking proud of it. Listen, I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast listeners. Make me fucking look good. Make me fucking look good. Don't have me out here looking like a fucking asshole. New York Times best-selling author, Michael Rappaport. I fucking want it. The public school system of New York City has failed me. Through hell and high water, we wrote this book. Me and my man, Mike Young, he was with me beat for beat. Audio book, hardcover book. It's a shit talking extravaganza. It is finally here. The day is here. I feel good. I'm excited. I'm proud of it. Obviously, doing the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast spawned the idea. When I think back to like the inception of this podcast, it opened up so much of me because anybody who knows me knows I've always talked shit, but I've never had the proper form. This here, I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, is the proper form. It is the best forum. 
Samantha Ponder, ESPN, you're not shutting us down, you fuck. No, you're not shutting us down. You're not shutting down this book has bulls. You're fucking lucky, Samantha Ponder, that the book was already out because I would have dragged you and dragged your bum-ass quarterback, Christian. Christian Ponder ain't shit. Samantha Ponder, you're a chicken head. Snitch, rat fuck. We're going to get to them later and what they did to my people, our people. Barstool Van Talk got canceled in very dramatic very, very dirty, dirty hands, real greasy. We're going to get to them in a minute. We're going to get to that whole situation. But the book has arrived. Yo, check it out. As I said, it's in bookstores, your local books, everywhere. This ain't no niche thing. It's a goddamn worldwide phenomenon book. This book has both sports rants from the MVP of talking trash. Obviously, I wanted to call it the MVP of talking shit, but we're trying to go New York Times bestseller on that ass. That's right. Shit. Hook I mean, gee, you were with <laughs> me in school. If if some yep. of these teachers at Erasmus Hall found out I had a book, I mean, they'd be shocked. Correct. Oh, yeah, hell yeah, man. They'll be like, damn, this motherfucker got a book? All they knew was that I was a disruptive, harassing student. They didn't want anything to do with me. We were in there with goddamn criminals at Erasmus Hall. Martin Luther King, full of lunatics, crazy people. But all they did was focus on me because the disruption was so beautiful, so lovely. Mm -hmm. They couldn't teach their fucking class. Kids were in there with bundles of drugs. Switchblades and guns, but you want to focus on me, the gringo man, dingo? I'm just 15, I'm just 16, minding my fucking business. So what? I had a little talk problem. I had a little uh, ADHD. Something was a matter. Okay? I break it down from the inception all the way to the end, and this book has both sports rent from the MVP of Talk Dress. This is going to be another fucking barn burner episode. Okay? Yeah. Later on in the show, we have the unofficial official political correspondent Eli Lake he's going to give us some some insight um, to all things international and local politics with our favorite disgruntled disruptive president deviant dumpy Donald Trump um, so we haven't had Eli in a while he's always very informative so we're going to get him on the phone um and what can I say, man? It's the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. You know what we do. Yes. I'm going to get right to this. So last week we talked about what I thought was a real sort of game-changing thing, and ESPN was on, their, was on the right track. They hired the guys from the Part of My Take podcast who are good dudes, good fucking dudes. Their podcast is funny. They're good dudes. Always been supportive of me. Always been, you know, I, I fuck with them, they fuck with me. They got a show, 1, 1 a.m. On, on ESPN, sort of like a Wayne's World of Sports. We said it on this year's podcast. I said it was the best thing on ESPN. Because ESPN is a cemetery. It's a snore fest. Yeah. And this has nothing to do with the talented people on there. The Jamel Hill, welcome back. She's off for suspension. The Michelle Beatles, the Jay LaRose, our guy, Steven Jackson. Okay, but in general, these guys haven't revamped their shit. 
It's sports, motherfuckers. Every time we got people on ESPN talking about sports, they're suited and booted. I'm in the <laughs> bed. I got my finger up my nose. I might be smoking a little something-something. I might be eating pizza and ice cream. I'm not suited and booted. Why are you suited and booted talking about sports every single time you're up there? I'm not saying you have to be have you know boxer shorts and a thong on. But it's fucking right. sports, man. It's fucking sports. When you're in the park growing up with your friends playing sports, it's all fun. When we're watching a football game, whether you're winning, you're losing. When you're watching a basketball team, whether you're winning or losing, Lonzo Ball, LeVar Ball, whoever the fuck you're into, it's fun. These got these guys uptight, rules and regulations. This podcasting thing is the front runner for the new media, and ESPN is stuck in the mid-90s. Yeah, yeah. So while the guys, these are innocent guys, they're young dudes, man. They just came out of nowhere. They had a lot of success. They tapped into something. While the guys from PMT were filming their brand new show, which did well the first episode, did very well. While they were filming and getting ready to air their second episode, they got word that ESPN dropped a hammer and canceled them immediately. Right. That fuck John, John Skipper. Skipper. What do you call him? John the Ripper Skipper. John the Ripper Skipper. He don't Stripped fuck around. away the hopes and dreams and canceled the show effective immediately. And the whole thing happened because of this. There's a quote-unquote sports reporter. She, I bet she thinks she's a real hard-nosed freedom fighter, you know, feminist standing up. So when it got announced that Barstool Van Talk was going, they she put out, a tweet showing finger pointing that big cat from Barstool Sports. She said he called her this, he called her that. She put a tweet out saying he, I guess somebody had called her a slut from over there, Barstool. Right. First of all, she got it wrong. It wasn't big cat. She didn't apologize for accusing the wrong person for that. She kept going. Sam Ponder, I never even heard of this little chicken head. Mm. But I guess she's on ESPN. She's she, What does she do? Do you know what she does? I don't know. I, I don't know what she does. A rabble rouser. A rabble rouser. And it turned out to be El Presidente Dave Portnoy, who's the president, who's the founder of Barstool Sports. Anyway, they did the first show, but apparently all the little rabble rousers and you know, they're so, you know, they're so highfalutin and they're so untouchable and they're so they're so perfect. They're just so self-righteous. Remember that fuck Sarah Spain when I got into it with Dan Lebatard and those fuckboy producers? She was on there, oh, you're this, you're racist, you're that, because I had put that picture that my yeah. man put up of the producer with his grill all fucked up and photoshopped. <laughs> I didn't do it. Somehow or another, I was racist because of that. Right. Yo, your grill's fucked up, your grill's fucked up. I'm not racist when I distort Donald Trump's grill. His grill just looks fucked up. But when it's a black dude and his shit looked all scrunched up and fucked up, then it's racist. Regardless of the okay. Sarah Spain jumped in there. Fucking Bomani Jones. They're all so self-righteous. You racist. Get the fuck out of here. And Sarah Spain, apparently, you know, she uh, allegedly, allegedly, she had a problem with barstool sports. You know why? Because Sarah Spain wants her own show. Okay. That's what it all comes from. Listen, all these on-air personalities, everybody wants to win, G. 
They all want to be on the air. They all want to have their show. They all want to be the host of this show, the host of that show. Sarah Spain, you ain't ready for primetime. You're not that good. All mm-hmm. that self-righteousness, nobody wants to hear all that shit. Maybe right. someday you'll get a softball show. You could talk about women's softball. Because you're not, you're not the leading lady. You're not Jamel. You're not Michelle Beto. You're not Carrie Champion. You're not number one on the call sheet. You ain't never going to be number one on the call sheet, Sarah Spain, with all your self-righteous bullshit. How do we know you <laughs> don't have skeletons in your little closet? She knows that. That's why she's a cutthroat. So this little Samantha Ponder, who's married to Christian Ponder, former Minnesota Vikings quarterback. Remember this motherfucking bum? Yeah. Yeah. uh, Interceptions was his specialty. Interceptions were his specialty. He used to get dragged by Jimmy Johnson, Terry Bradshaw. He's not even as popular as Aaron Rodgers in Minnesota. Come on. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is public enemy number one. And Christian Ponder isn't even as popular as him. Christian Ponder, I'll bet in the back of his bum-ass head, thinks somehow, some way he's going to get into the NFL. He's not even that old. He's out of the league? He's out of the fucking league. He's a stay-at-home oh. dad. Oh, he, okay. and, and what I think it comes down to, Gerald, is this. The reason why this Samantha Ponder, Christian Ponder's record as an NFL quarterback is 14-21-1. You trash, oh. Duke. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to kick him when he's down. He's out of the league. He's now we're going to kick you when you're down. Matter of fact, let me get that motherfucking Willie Hutch, Christian Ponder. Oh shit! You bum ass motherfucker! You, <laughs> you're a career quarterback, 14, 21, and one. I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. Make the kids a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and get them ready for school so they're not late, Duke. <laughs> you ain't never getting back in the league, homeboy. All the quarterbacks that go down, and we know week after week, quarterbacks go down. Your name is never brought up. Your name is never pondered. No one is ever pondering bringing you back into the league. You trash. And your wife thought, one day, maybe one day, I'm going to wind up marrying an NFL quarterback. And she wound up with your bum ass. (laughs) Damn. Go run the errands because now your wife is the breadwinner, you bum-ass motherfucker, you. Oh, man. Cut that, Willie. He said something greasy. Why are you going at him like this? No, because she talking out of pocket. Oh, why are you so? You. Why is Samantha Ponder so infatuated, so yeah. spending so yeah. much time worrying about the young men over at Barstool Sports? Yeah. Is Christian yeah. Ponder... Not skeeting, real proper. It's Christian Ponder. We knew he couldn't get the ball up. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I see where you're coming from. What You know, like, yeah, so you got to come at money because she's she talking out of pocket. She's talking out yeah. of pocket. Yeah. And I'm Put saying, yo, Christian check. Ponder, you need to ask yourself, maybe it's something you're doing at home. <laughs> maybe your fuck game is not insane. Maybe your fuck style was never buck wild. Your wife is out there working. And Samantha Ponder, I know you think you're some hard-hitting sideline reporter and sports reporter. Let me tell you something, chickenhead. Without the big (laughs) golf ball white bleached teeth and the overdone bleach blonde hair 
yep. and the five inches of caked on makeup, you're just a soccer mom at the supermarket yeah. with bad breath. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Ralph's. <laughs> but in my opinion, this is a tipping point because it's new media, G. And, you know, ESPN, you know, they wanted these sort of, you know, rogue, young, rebellious sports dudes to get on there because that's what Barstool is. It's young, it's rebellious, mm -hmm. it's different, it's irreverent. ESPN, we, we know, aside from the sporting events, is a sinking ship. One show after another show fails. They, they can't keep themselves out of controversy. They got the, the Cupcake King, Dan Lebetard, and all these other bozos on there. Old regime. They got these yeah. young stallions, young studs. And I like the press conference where they were like, yo, we, we, this guy hired us, and he wanted to try to distance himself from Barstool, and he hired us? Yo. You were selling it off Barstool. The reason why it, people watched the first episode, the one and only episode at 1 a.m., because it was Barstool. Because right. Barstool has the young audience. Barstool right. has the demographic that every TV show, Every, every music company, every record label, every brand wants young people with money. Right. The next right, exactly. regime, because they're going to wind up being 25, then 30, then 35, 40, and they have grown up on Barstool. And you know what that means? Sooner or later, you guys are irrelevant. Yeah, and it's sooner. We see it, the writing is on, is on the wall. So, so they dissed them. They shitted on them. Dave Portnoy held his little funny press conference. He broke it down word for word. I told him, let me get on my Tupac shit, Duke. <laughs> let me get on my Tupac <laughs> shit. I'm Tupac. Put that hit him up beat. Miles, remind people that hit him up beat. Let me get that hit him up beat <laughs> real quick. Don't worry about it. We're good. So anyway, you know, Christian Ponder, my man, you need to work on your stroke game. Get your home in check. Why is she worrying about Big Cat and his mustache? Right. Why is she worried about these young guys, these young strapping guns that put this shit in, on, in play? Why are you worried about them? Let them do their thing. Let them do their thing. <laughs> exactly. It's I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Stay with me. MyBookie.ag you're watching games it's time to start making money my bookie ag is the leading website that hooks up all your betting needs and with their great odds fast payouts and decades of expertise you can bet with confidence your team doesn't even have to win they just need to cover the spread what are you waiting for lay down some cash and win big today or if you know that your team sucks come to terms with it do yourself a favor and bet against them it's a beautiful thing. If they lose, you'll make money. And if they win, you'll still be happy. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I am urging you to make your way to mybookie.ag. I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for it. Check them out yourself. You've been sitting on the sidelines all season. You haven't manned up yet. Now is the time to get to action. Because due to popular demand, my bookie's 100% bonus will be available for only one more week. 100% bonus is available for one more week. Right after this Sunday's game, you could kiss it goodbye. They have in-game, live betting, and a mobile site that makes wagering on the go easier than ever. 
You can also check out their online casino if you'd rather just play a few hands of blackjack or roll the dice and craps. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit with up to 100% bonus for the last time this year. Okay, it's not happening again. Use the promo code Rapport to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. No questions asked. Go to mybookie.ag today. Yo, I'm also going to be doing a book signing at Bookends in Ridgewood, New Jersey, Wednesday, the 25th, October 25th at 6 p.m. I am giving up courtside tickets to the Brooklyn Nets versus the Cleveland Cavaliers to hang out with the people in Ridgewood, New Jersey at Bookends. You heard what I said. I had courtside tickets to see the Brooklyn Nets versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know how much enjoyment I get from heckling fucking LeBron James, but I want to be with the people. We're doing a book signing 6 p.m. at Bookends, Ridgewood, New Jersey, 6 p.m. the 25th. I hope to see all you Rapper Pack members there. All right, we're back. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Um, anyway, so Jamel Hill is back to work. Good. She's a star. She's respected by women, men, everybody. She's a great reporter. Good person. She's back after a two-week suspension over that sucker shit. She's back. NFL season is in full swing. Going to break some of that down. Um, NBA is in, you know, it's here. NBA yeah. action is fantastic. Uh, Man, I, I, have you been watching the games, G? Oh, man. I got a chance to watch, uh, you know, uh, Lonzo Ball, his first game or whatever against uh, the L.A. Clippers with, man, Patrick Beverly is dedicated to defending like a motherfucker, man. <laughs> Patrick Beverly has a, um, a basketball camp that only focuses on defense. Matter of fact, the live show that we're doing October 30th, in New York City at the Gramercy Theater, the podcast slash book signing, I'm coming out in a Patrick Beverly jersey. <laughs> I fucks with Patrick Beverly. Apparently, Yo. we talked about this a little bit on the last podcast, but, but I found out even more that Patrick Beverly was in the locker room outside the Lakers' locker. Imagine you wait your whole life to play in the NBA, and then you got Patrick Beverly outside the locker, and he was like, Yo, get your ass out of here. I'm going to bust your ass. You ain't shit. He was talking shit to him in the locker room. And and Lonzo Ball was not a crook, son. Oh, yeah. He was a shook one. Yeah. Yo, that is crazy. I mean, this dude, Patrick Beverly, was languishing in Russia, playing ball out there. And, you know, he's grateful to be in the league. He don't take this shit for granted at all. And, that yo, you know how much uh, dedication it takes to defend and the, the amount of energy to keep guys in front of you, and and then you got to, you know, bring the ball up. Yo, that dude is is on some other shit with the defense, and he's a star to me. <laughs> yeah, he's he's good. And, and, and you know, the, the LeVar Ball circus, you know, continues night after night, whether he plays good, doesn't play good. The, Lonzo Ball, we talked about his first game after Patrick Beverly shut him down. The, the next game, he came out and had 29 points, so proud. But they failed to mention that it was 29 points on 27 shots. Oh. They didn't mention that it was 29 points on 27 shots. Listen, I got nothing against Lonzo Ball. I wouldn't be, no one would know anything about Lonzo Ball if it wasn't for his pops. Who, look what he's setting the table for. 
So who, who's going to be the next young kid? And he's got a cousin, an uncle, a father who likes to talk shit. So then you're going to have him there? Yeah, yo. Like, what are we setting ourselves up for? Like, ESPN is so fucking desperate that every game, after every game that they put up with Lonzo Ball, LeVar Ball is on the post game. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and you could say what you want about him. He's way more entertaining because he's talking that shit. Yeah. So, but yeah. what's going to happen? Because there's some kid in high school now uh, uh, who, who apparently is really good. He's got a, a, a mom and a father. They like to talk shit. They like to heckle people. So when he gets in the league, their, their parents are going to get in there. Oh, and if LeVar Ball is giving the shine, then I, and you're not going to give me the shine, then we go to Twitter. And then, and then you know, the next one's got their brother or their sister. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. And it turned the NBA into a circus, a shit show. It's not the NBA. It's the networks covering these motherfuckers. LeVar Ball is not demanding to be on television. They're asking him to get on television and say, because he's the draw. Well, they're not necessarily asking him. I don't agree with that. I don't know how it's happening. They're both happy with it. And Stephen Smith... Stephen A. Smith, who I fuck with, it's like, yo, get a hold of your shit, man. Why? What's wrong? Like, why are you giving this dude a forum to talk after every game? Like, he, LeVar Ball thinks this is AAU. He's like heckling. This is the dude's fuck. You know what's going to happen? Lonzo Ball at some point is going to be like, yo, my man, you ain't coming to the games. Nope. Stay yo. home. <laughs> you, you're not in the NBA. I'm in the NBA. This is my life. This is my dream. This is my job. This is my workplace. Stay your ass at home. Eventually, that's going to happen. I'm sure he's going to get tired of his whole shtick. But, yo, one thing he said, I don't care what happens. I'm there whether he lose or win. Like, like I'm, I'm, his father's always going to be there. So I commend that dude for standing because, yo, this is a, a great father. I mean, who wouldn't want their pops? Doing shit like that. You're like, supposed like to be really at the game. behind you. Uh, plenty of other parents are at the game. They just don't. They're not making it about themselves. Nah, he, he, no, he's not making it about himself. Yes, he's he just, is making it about himself. Nah, it's about, it's about his, he, like his love for his kids. Like he's confident in them. Like, yo, they're going to do this. Well, man, if he's so confident in them, let him be. I don't think he is confident in them. I think nah, he's freaked nah. out of his mind. Listen, it doesn't matter what it is. It's like, yo, this is pro sports. Like, wh wh what are we setting ourselves up for? Who's the next LeVar Ball? And then the next one, and then the next one, and then the next one, and the next one. And these, This ain't AAU. This ain't about the parents. You did your job to get your sons there, to give them the opportunity to get there. Now let them shine. Sit your ass down and let it be about the player. Let it be about your kid. And, and, and just chill the fuck out. You can't. But no, NBA can't regulate. Parents? No, they can't regulate parents, but they can regulate who the fuck they put on their channels. Just like they regulated Barstool Van Talk not being on there. They could be like, no more LeVar Ball. Uh, my man Steph Curry got ejected. He threw his mouthpiece at a referee the other day. That's what I'm talking about, Steph. I like that shit. Yeah. Throw your mouthpiece at him. Let bizarro Steph Curry come to life on his own. Let my voice rest. Uh, that is just frustration, and that shouldn't you shouldn't be thrown out of the game because you have to take it into context. Like he wasn't just doing it on purpose. He was you 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 know it was just like heated a moment. <laughs> so I thought he should have got a flagrant one, sit out a little bit, not thrown out of the game. You know this whole thing uh, 
with the LeVar ball and, you know, this sort of, it goes back into what we were talking about first, like this new media and everybody has a voice. Everybody could voice their opinion, good, bad, or indifferent. Some you like, some you don't like. Me, you might not like. Me, you might like. You know, everybody, you know, there's, there's tons of motherfuckers out there. The thing with the athletes, now you got athletes. Martavis Bryant, who's been a disappointment. Martavis Bryant is a wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers who sat out the entire season last year because of drug suspension. Thus far, he plays on the Pittsburgh Steelers, and if you don't follow football, he plays with two of the best football players in the world. He's not at that level. He's been complaining for the last few weeks that he wants to get traded. He's not, you know, being used properly. He's, he, he Instagrammed shitted on his teammates. And it's like, you know, like these guys have to be grownups. Like, where are we going with this? Like, when you're a professional football player and you're Instagramming, dissing your teammate on Instagram, not in the locker room, not in the huddle, not at practice on fucking Instagram. They're, they're all treated like debutants, and they all think they're the man. Martavis Bryant, you ain't that dope. You were out of the league for the entire season because of your dumb shit. And then you're on Instagram dissing your, t- not another player, your fucking teammates. Right, right. That's yeah. That you go to war with you dissing them dudes. Them dudes blocking and saving your ass. Yo, it, it's subordination, just, it's just, man. The precedent is getting all crazy, man. There was another dude I can't remember his name on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after the game, complaining and all that. Like, yo, you're not all that. Not everybody is Cam Newton. Not everybody is Odell Beckham. Not everybody is Antonio Brown. Not everybody is Steph Curry. Right, right. Yeah. One thing I respect about the Patriots: you start popping shit. Yo, out. they shut you down. You gone. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's exactly my point. You don't play with that type of behavior. Yo, you dissing the team? Yo, all right, man. Cut, yo, Cut his ass. They don't need pack, him. He's not dude. even that good anymore anyway. I mean, he's talented, but he, he's dropped balls, and maybe he doesn't fit into the system. I have nothing against Martavis Bryan. I met him. I, he's nice. He's cool. But hold your head, Duke. Another person yeah. who needs to hold his head, Vontez Perfect. Oh, he's at it again. Yo, man, I mean, this was nothing, but if it was another player, it wouldn't have made a good thing, but he's like kicking the head of another player after a play. Cincinnati Bengal, he's been suspended numerous times. He's a head hunter, a knee hunter, an ankle hunter. He's trying to knock people out of games, but not in a good way. He's a dirty player. I think they got to kick him out of the whole fucking league. If they're going to kick you out of the league for smoking weed, they need to kick you out of the play for putting other players in jeopardy this ain't golf this ain't tennis when you hit somebody the wrong way you could end somebody's career and he's done it over and over and over and this this last incident where he tried to kick money in the head it, again if it had been another player <laughs> probably would have been a non-incident but it's like yo you're yo, uh, you're you're like a repeat offender I, i'm gonna do i'm gonna be a devil's advocate on this and go in a different direction some people would say yo that man is playing football like my intention is not to hurt you, but to get you out of the game. And that's, that's the game of football. But th- this, this play that I'm talking about, G, was after the play. Like the oh, whistle. Okay. It's well, some type re- of shit that I would do. The whistle had blown. Like it, was, it had nothing to do with the, with the player get you out. It was just it's like it'd be like kicking somebody in the dick. Like, come on, man. Oh, what the oh, fuck okay. you doing, man? Oh, oh, oh that, see, that's, that's uncalled for. He, of course, you should be fined and punished for all that. But... 
Yo, he has a reputation for uh, physical play, but, yo, it's, it's the game of football. And, and yo, sometime, yo, you're going to get that work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, because it's all about momentum, too. Because when a guy's running, you, you can't just stop momentum. So it's, it's a flash play. It's very uh, quick. So you have to put that in context as well, man. Shit. Another, another situation in the NFL, Marshawn Lynch. I fuck with you, Beast Mode. I love you. you you're not right in the brain. Last week <laughs> during the game, there was a, a little football scuffle. It's football. You know, they never, there are never any real fights. They yeah. all have equipment on. It was a basic little pushing and shoving, grabbing, you know, each other's jersey. It wasn't even anything. Marshawn Lynch runs onto the field, sprints onto the field, gets himself into the fray, gets tangled up with a referee, gets kicked out of the game, gets another game suspension, and it turns out that the reason why he was doing it, the reason why the motherfucker was doing it, because his cousin who plays on the other team, not his team, the Oakland Raiders, was part of the fray. Marcus Peters is his cousin. And he was out there trying to protect him. Right. It's that bay, that, that bay area, the yay area. They, they looking out for one another. <laughs> no. First of all, there was no, there was no action. It was just a little okay. pushing and shoving. It wasn't any, any big thing. Marshawn Lynch is bugged out because I fuck with Beast Mode. And I know if I met him, I would love him and all that shit. But it's like, yo, are you shy? Do you want attention or do you not want attention? Or do you just want attention on your terms? Because I think. What? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Because he acts like he doesn't want attention. I'm just here so I'm not getting fined and all that stuff. But then you do everything on the field to get the attention, but it's only on your terms. This football and shit is only... Yo, he, he was retired before he came back. He, he, he's playing for the Oakland Raiders now. The, the Raiders themselves have had trouble. But Marshawn Lynch is not the same player. Like, this football shit ends. Uh, based on the data... Not a lot of motherfuckers do well within five years after playing. So, man, I don't know. I hope, I hope homeboy got shit together <laughs> because uh, we've had a lot of prior incidents, so there's no excuse for lousing things up. Um, all right, stay tuned. We're going to do some sick fucks. We got my man Eli Lake. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Listen to this funk right here. All right, as promised, we got the unofficial, official political correspondent, Eli Lake, on the phone. We got brand new listeners every week, so I got to break down. Eli Lake is a Bloomberg reporter, writer. He is, he's our eyes and ears of fact-checking politics in layman's terms, for the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast show and the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast listeners, he's been a great asset, a great ally. Uh, we've, been, we've been through the trenches uh, over the last year and some change over everything that has to do with Trump, anti-Trump, Trump getting nominated, this, that, and the other. Eli Lake, what is going on, my friend? Oh, Mike Rapp. And let me just say, you know I've been with the worldwide phenomenon since day one yes sir. and the re some recent podcasts will go down those are some historic podcasts when I, they tell the story of the i am rap report 
you know, look at some of those recent ones. I appreciate that. I, you know, I feel good about it. I felt like uh, some of the last two were, were, were hard-hitting, hard-body karate uh, episodes. I think the, the invention of uh, people getting willy-hutched is, is alongside with getting ILO'd. Um, and we yes. somehow made willy-hutched into a – would that be a verb or an adjective? It's both because it's that Willy Hutch, and it's also to be Willy Hutched. Oh. There's a lot of, and it works for that kind of style where you're just really going in. It's the final word. That's it. <laughs> yeah, and because and, and, Willie's almost crying, and then when we play yeah. the music, Miles, let me get let me get that Willie right here. Let me get Willie. Uh, Eli deserves a little Willie. There it is, right there. See, when, when, when we got that, when we got that rocking underneath something, and we're going in on somebody. Top to bottom, Willie just accentuates it. It's like it's like the, the hot sauce on a perfectly fried chicken wing, the the, the maple syrup on perfectly uh, uh, cooked pancakes and or waffles, whatever you're into. It's like the salt and pepper on a perfectly cooked steak, but just to give it a little bit a little bit more flavor, a little accent. So, and that's what Willie does. Cut that, Willie Miles. Um, enough about Willie. Eli Lake, the political landscape. I have a couple of questions for you, and then, and then I want you to sort of bring, you know, I want you to sort of articulate what is pending, what is nerve-wracking, what's keeping you up, what's keeping you tossing and turning on the pillow. But my first question, the calm yeah. before the storm that Donald Trump mentioned, now it's a few weeks ago, so it's, it's a lot of calm, hopefully before no, no storm. Hopefully it's, it's, it's a whole bunch more rhetoric. Um, since he said the calm before the storm, um, aside from the fact that uh, Kim Jong-un uh, sips that Hennessy, what can you tell us about the United States relationship with North Korea? Well, there's a bigger question in the sense that we're looking at generals around a president who are trying to constrain the president, if you kind of read between the lines. That's the theme of all these sort of things. Before we even get to North Korea. right. And that's and usually when you have a fascist takeover, it's the president with the generals who do the take. You know what I'm saying? But this time it's almost like the generals are on the side of everyone else to make sure Trump doesn't do anything too wild. Right. Which is I mean, I'm just saying, like, we have to adjust to that. That it's I don't it's not the same as, as we're used to, but at the same time it's dangerous in a lot of ways unprecedented. But you know, the other thing on North Korea to always remember is that everything that everybody else would have done was clearly not working. Because it was like he inherited a problem where he was about to make these intercontinental ballistic missiles, or so the government said. But we know that he's been testing more and more. He's, and the serious people are like, he could test a hydrogen bomb in the middle of the ocean. That would be a huge escalation, and it would be like, you know, you would have to respond to that in some way. But is that going to mean that President Trump's going to do something totally crazy and invade North Korea? No. I mean, I think the one possibility is that you would see South Korea would get nuclear weapons. Or maybe Japan. Though that's a longer shot. Um, because they're the only country that ever was, you know, they, we used an, uh, an atomic bomb on Japan. Or two of them. Um, so, but that's the kind of thing I think is more likely. And then there's always the possibility of a miscalculation. But I don't think that Trump is thinking he's going to invade like the country like it was Iraq. Does that mm. make sense? Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it's it's a scary situation because he's he's bugged out, is and that's he, a, and, and we talked about it before. But like North Korea, 
they're the worst, and we don't want them to have to, to, to put us in sort of nuclear blackmail. Right. So it's a really serious situation. And I think, by the way, the irony is I don't think he's going to invade North Korea. He's not going to get us into a war like Iraq. But he is going to prove the threat of America to be hollow because he's already, you know what I'm saying, like Trump's rhetoric has already been like, you know, putting it up to 11. And if he doesn't deliver, then that says something about our credibility. Does that make sense? No, I got it. I got it. I got it. And it's I, I totally understand. Um, all right. There it is with North Korea. What else? Is is going on? Well, we gotta, okay, so we got to watch really carefully right now, and I know that a lot of listeners are like the Middle East keep getting back into it. But on September, like a month ago, the Kurds voted in a referendum to say they supported being an independent state. And uh, I've liked the Kurds for a long time, so I thought it was cool. But the, of course, the Iraqis kind of went nuts, and they just sent the Iraqi army into area that the Kurds had basically, you know, had been. I used to say occupying. You had Kurdish forces around a city called Kirkuk, and now there are Iraqi forces there, and we're sort of seeing this whole scenario like play out. If, 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 it, if it escalates very quickly, then you would have a war between two sides of the U.S. government in some ways that are, you know, that we've been supporting. So then what happens? Like, what is, what is well, the... Well, it's like a huge clusterfuck, to be real. It's like, we've got... Like the CIA has supported, and the U.S. military has supported plenty of Kurdish militias known as Peshmerga, but they've also been a huge, tra- we've trained and subsidized the Iraqi security forces as well. So if they were to get in the war, it's like, we'd be, it's like America would be fighting itself. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I understand. So that's like a pretty bad thing, too. But so far, we're, that's like on a knife's edge. And so, the, so here's the thing. Trump is incapable of making the right strategic call. I mean, I do this for a living. I don't know if I'm capable of making the right call. It's a really hard and complicated problem. And the way that things have worked under Trump is that the people who are making the most decisions are not like really Trump. It's in this case, Tillerson and a senior diplomat named Brett McGurk. Like McGruff the crime dog or something. You know what I'm saying? But those are the people who are like making the day-to-day decisions on like how to try to de-escalate the situation. Not really Trump. And I think that's happening in a lot of things, not just foreign policy. Like a lot of stuff, it's like another person. It's not really Trump who's like focused in on stuff. And he's focused on like the NFL, you know, getting in a fight. You know what I'm saying? Like trolling Democrats, his Twitter feed, you know? Like, in, in, in a way, isn't that good, though, that, that sort yeah, of the, the professionals are dealing with it? it's good because it still could be bad. Right. Because, A, we want to have, you know, this is how we, in the modern presidency, we have somebody that was elected who is a representative of the people's voice and the majority of Americans who voted for him to have some sway that the government answers to him. But instead, it's like Trump just doesn't care about a lot of what the government has to do, and so it just goes on its own. I mean, it presents its own problems. Better than the alternative of Trump doing, like, getting us into wars, right? That would be worse. I agree. Right. But... But, like, it's still its own problem. And um, I don't know. You know, listen, I think that everybody who thinks that Bob Mueller is going to get him impeached or something like that, maybe, maybe not. But it's not something at this point that's worth constantly speculating. You know, it's going to happen or it's not going to happen. The idea of getting him impeached is, like, what would have to happen? I mean, you explained this once before, but, like, is this just like a... You know, I hate to like have to like bow down him. Like, is it a witch hunt? Is the like what is the the whole Russia? Thing? No, it's not. Okay, first of all, there's a bunch of stuff you could probably legit try to impeach him on. 
But it's not like there's like a law that presidents have to follow, and then like if you violate the law, there's some other third party. It's always a political question. It's always Congress. So the focus has been on Russia, and I don't know what happens with Russia. I mean, I don't know if it goes directly to Trump or it just goes to like his former campaign manager, Paul Manafort. Or you know, it's unclear at this point. And anybody, the only people who know are Mueller and the people working for him in the Justice Department. Um, but. Like, there's a whole lot of stuff. It's not so much, it's only a witch hunt. I mean, there's a lot of, like, legitimate questions, but it's a political question. So what it really requires is for Paul Ryan, Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi, and Chuck Schumer to agree that they were going to use the most of their party to work together to impeach him. And that's not as crazy as you think, because, you know, the, the Republican leadership in Congress hates Trump and vice versa. Right. I mean, he's humiliated them. And, like, you think the Democratic leaders, like, I mean, it's, it's just, it's like, you just have to figure out a way that they can be brought together, and then, then, then you could have the political possibility of impeachment. But then there's another question, which is, are the Republican leaders, if they wanted to impeach Trump, strong enough to take on the Republican Party? Because you know what? Most Republicans love Trump. Have you noticed this? Right. The people who voted for him think he's doing great. In all the polls, it's like everyone is, like, gone down on Trump. It started low, and it went very low, Right except for people who voted for him, who supported him. And they're like, yes, he's doing great. So they've only dropped like 5%. So that's another thing. If you had to say three things that Trump has done that we have to give him credit on, are, do they exist? Are there three things uh, that he's done well, like, or three instances of, of things, circumstances, anything that we could actually say, okay, this is a valid reason to say this was done correctly? Good, good question, and yes, you can do three. The first is, and like for, for liberals, this would be a bad thing, but you know, he got Supreme Court, you know, Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch on the Supreme Court. He did it like, you know, largely with Mitch McConnell, uh, in the Senate, but it doesn't matter. That's a, you know, that's an important thing that he did. The second thing is like when he originally created some leverage with China on North Korea, he had the leader of China, Jiang Zemin, over to Mar-a-Lago and over a beautiful piece of chocolate cake in Trump's own words. He described, he said that, you know, we just commenced bombing and like, you know, Syrian targets who, you know, just committed, you know, an atrocity by using chemical weapons. Right. Um, and I think that was a strong move because it, 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 it was a brushback pitch to the Chinese and the Chinese have been taking advantage of us. And a lot of, I mean, like, it's not like everything Trump says is wrong. And he is correct when, at least when he was on the campaign talking about China. Um, and you know, the third thing, um, I thought his Vegas speech was pretty good. I know everybody was like, oh, it's obvious, and, you know, whatever. But I thought it was a pretty good speech. I thought he had a good moment there. Um, you know, and a lot of else. You know, let's be honest. Let's be, they roll off the tip of the tongue, you know, picking a fight with the mayor of San Juan in the middle of, like, a horrible hurricane where her whole island was wiped out. That was pretty terrible. You know, the Charlottesville response where he's like, well, I find people on both sides. Yeah. That was terrible. He has, By the way, he failed on... Repealing, he, he tried Obamacare, he's trying taxes, he's trying to build a wall. He hasn't been able to do any of that. Yeah, the None wall the ain't happening. Us, and there's no, there's no wall coming. The wall's not happening. I mean, there will, there is like parts of the border that there'll be a wall and he'll be able to pose in front of one and say it was a wall, but he's like the president of bullshit. You know I mean? And like, it's never, you're, you're going to have some fence and some of it's going to be, you know, drones in the air and like things that you, you know, I and mean, there's going to be like lots of ways to deal with depending on the terrain for the border. Right. And, it's not going to be like a physical wall. And if, by the way, if you wanted to just build a physical wall, you're a freaking moron. Wouldn't you want experts who knew like 
all about like surveilling borders. You know what I'm saying? Like they come up with their best plan, and maybe it wasn't an entire wall. I never understood that. Did you ever understand that? No. Like, why does it have to be a wall? Right. Right. Maybe it's not a wall. Maybe it's- it could be any number of things. It doesn't have to be a wall. It's like you. I understand what you're trying to say. You're trying to say like we should do more about people trying to sneak into the country because it's, you know. All right, if that's what you want, let's come up with a lot of other ways to do it. Well, why does it have to be a wall? Right. What other stuff, Eli? What What other things in politics? You know, should we be concerned about, optimistic about, um, focused on, other than the fact that Trump is a, a deviant, bloated savage? <laughs> um, you know, I mean, like, what else should we be paying attention to? I mean, like, you're in Hollywood, so you know all about this Harvey Weinstein, but that had a huge effect on, like, my world of media. There's a list of these, like, scumbag media guys. Right. Um, it had a huge, pl- it's like always been an issue in politics. We all know the stories. And by the way, it goes back well, be- well before Clinton, you know? Right. Um, but like, I feel like that's something where like, we see that me too has like a quarter of all the Facebook accounts we're using or some incredible number. And you realize like stuff like that's very powerful, even though it's not even tied to like a political story. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and like, I guess the other side of that, though, is like, I don't know. Do you know who David Croft is? Who is that? He's oh. a comedian. He just, oh, like, oh yes, yes, yes. Articulate that and I'm going to follow up all, on it because you know? I had a lot to say. I know him a little bit. I know Amber Tamblin, who is his wife. Break down that story because I haven't spoken on it. Well, I don't know. First of all, I, I don't know David Cross at all. So I want to make that very clear. I have no connection with him other than I'm an admirer of his work. But... I saw just this was on Twitter, right? Somebody accused him of like, you know, being like a jerk or something like 20 years ago or 15 years ago. In real life, like someone, some, this actress, this, this goofy faced actress uh, accused him of, of being uh, uh, rude to her and, and racist and, you know, sort of taunting her and teasing her uh, uh, 20 years ago. And she goes on in, uh, Twitter to do it. And then, you know, of course, you know, well, I just remember I could relate to that because like another writer kind of did a similar thing to me. Right. I mean, I was like, what? Okay, I'm like hanging out. And there was a thing where I saw that and I was like, you know, he took it very seriously. And I mean, you know, whatever. That's his. That's his. But I think I think that like there's a huge difference between women who are intimidated by a boss figure like Harvey Weinstein or their boss in whatever job. Right. Where it's really like sexual harassment, but also power, you know what I'm saying? And, like, the ability to, like, get you, like, you know, roles in Hollywood or where all that shit. And then, like, meeting a guy out with your boyfriend at the time, like, just hanging out, and the dude is, like, you know, on doing a bit, you know what I mean? And you didn't get it at the time. You yeah, and saying? then like, 20 years two... later complaining about it on Twitter. Right, it's, like, totally different. That's not the same thing. You're diminishing the legit cause of, like, Me Too by Me Tooing on that. I totally... Fucking agree. I totally agree. And, and, and you know, I, I know we're not explaining the story very well, but some people know what we're talking about. But, like, Twitter is not – it's, like, become, like, tattletale space. It's, like, you know, like, every single thing that happens. And then – and you're, you're, you're guilty and pro- until you're proven, you know, not, not totally fucking guilty. Once somebody puts something up about you on Twitter, it, like, re- has a life of its own. And all of a sudden, you know, like, you could just be indemnified. Big word there for me. Um – and and, I love and, that. and you could get you know dragged on Twitter. It's 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 some bullshit. Um, and I know what you mean because you know you had your beefs on Twitter. We we, we stepped in there. We smacked heads. Um, well, and, I love that. Yeah, they and, still and talk the, about it at the Tapo Trap House. By the way, they still talk about that shit. 
And you know what? I, I got to be honest with you. The El Chapo Trap House people, they reached out to me. They wanted to squash the beef. And I said, fine, no problem. We could squash the beef. Um, and, and then we didn't follow up with it. But it's like, yo, it's the same thing like with this ESPN thing and the Barstool people. And, it, it, you know, we're living in a very interesting time. And this new media. And well, listen, so- I love, you know, I'm 100% I am Rappaport, the worldwide phenomenon. And I've been down from day one. But no beef is squashed between Eli Lake and the Chapo Trap House. Then, then no beef is squashed. In, unless There's they no come- beef squashed. There's no opportunity for squashing that beef. Done. You know what I'm saying? You can just consider me an online foe for all time. Done. Done. Online for all time. That's how I feel. Done. Done. Fuck it. The beef lives on. Um, it does live on. It lives on. They tried to. They tried to. They're just mad, Eli, because you're all up in the Bloomberg. You're doing your shit. And, and, and they're just player-hating, you know, and their breath. I, I guarantee you that 99.9% of that whole Trap House crew, their breath yeah. smells like mayonnaise and stale newspaper. All right. Yeah. Listen, Eli, I appreciate the information, the insight. Oh, one more thing, Mike Rapp. Give it to me. I know they're 0-3 right now, my 76ers. But Ben Simmons is nice, right? Ben Simmons is nice. They're going to be fine. 0-3 means nothing. So, it's nothing. They're zero and three. Golden State's like two and two. Who cares? The Knicks are like it doesn't matter. The, the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets are three and zero. You know, talk to me thirty games in before you get a sense of them. Joel Embiid is good. Um, Simmons is good, and uh, the point guard is good, and and that team is going to be fine. They're they're going to be a good team. Zero and three means nothing. Don't even bat your eyes. It's still preseason to most of these guys. What do you? What's your favorite NBA scene so far? In the season, my favorite NBA scene so far was or Steph- like sub subplot storyline. I like Steph Curry throwing his mouthpiece at the ref. I like yes. when Steph Curry actually becomes Bizarro Steph Curry for real. Um, oh yes, I like the Andrew Wiggins three pointer the other night to to win that game. Although I like the Carmelo three pointer, but I feel like Andrew Wiggins is an emerging star, and that'll sort of put him on the map for the non NBA uh, fan, right? Um, the, my favorite thing is the Patrick Beverly uh, locking oh, down know. Lonzo. That was my I know Patrick Beverly and Maze. I know. So <laughs> that um, was because he was nice. I mean, that was like I love that. Patrick Beverly was screaming on him in the locker room. The, uh, apparently, Patrick oh. Beverly was in the locker room like, "Yo, get out here, bitch! I'm gonna bust your ass." That's the kind <laughs> of guy I like. <laughs> I love it. It's a good time for the NBA, and I'll leave it there. It is a good time. It's a great time for the NBA. Um, it's NFL, um, and, and, and hopefully we just remain safe. Eli, I appreciate right, you coming on the show. Thank you. Stay in touch with me, and um, and I'll talk to you soon, my man. No doubt. All right. All right. I am Rap Stereo Podcast. You know what it is. The Sick Fuck of the Week. This award is earned, not given. It's called the Sick Fuck of the Week. This guy's really sick. Lock him up. How could you do it? Don't let him out. Damn. You fucked the dog? You what? You fucked the dog? Why would you fuck the dog? Why would you fuck your girlfriend's dog? What sick fuck? The Sick Fuck of the Week. It's earned. Earned. Not given. You did what? No. 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 No! Yes, there it is, the Sick Fuck of the Week theme song. It is up. The Sick Fuck is an award that is earned, not given, earned, but not given. Um, 
G, are you working on the Sick Fuck of the Week remix? Yeah, yeah. It's it's being uh, broken down and built back up. And it'll be eerie, funky, as always. Yeah, that eerie funk. The first yeah. Sick Fuck of the Week, and I don't know if he's ever been an actual Sick Fuck of the Week before. I would probably guess to say that he has. But, you know, we don't fact check here at the Iron Rappaport Stereo Podcast. R. Kelly... The accusations come in where there's smoke, there's fire. No one wanted to believe that Whitney Houston was a crackhead. May she rest in peace. Were. No one wanted to believe that Michael Jackson was a drug addict. May he rest in peace. And no one wanted to believe that R. Kelly was a sick fuck. But I have to hedge the side of he is a sick fuck. Another allegation of a woman who was sort of held you know, abused, physically starved, and forced to have sex with other women during their relationship has come forward. Obviously, we know about him pissing on underage women. R. Kelly, you sick fuck you. Why do you always have the dark sunglasses on? Mm Mm-hmm. What are you (laughs) hiding, you sick fuck you? Yeah. Them them, uh, cold eyes, man. (laughs) The eyes are the window to the soul so you can see all the debauchery in this motherfucker. Um... We talked about this, uh, Gerald, a poacher. A poacher is a someone who, who hunts animals like uh, deviant Donald Trump's kids. They like to go out there and hunt, you know, giraffe, you know, in a closed environment. Not, not really go out there and get it popping with the lions, tigers, and bears, oh my. No, you like to go into a safe environment where you're, you're surefire, where you're the surefire winner. Right, right. You don't want to go really into the jungle. You don't, you don't want to really go into the jungle, jungle like Dikembe Mutombo and Manu Bowl had to do where they killed lions and tigers with their fucking hands. No. You want to go to basically yeah. a zoo that lines up the animals to do it. So this poacher, this dumb fuck, yeah. who's all actually a, a, a double winner because he's also a sick fuck, was trying to kill a rhino in one of these like zoos where you get to kill animals and the rhino... Turn the tables on that fuck. Yeah. Charged him and severely injured the man's leg. I'll bet you won't be hunting anymore, will you? You yeah. fuck you. Hell yeah. Gored his ass out. Good. Good for you. Gored his ass out real proper. The OG rhino came out of nowhere. Nature strikes back, you barbarian motherfucker. Good. They try to take his horn. The horn is made out of uh, uh, like our fingernails, like substance. That's it. In Germany, a neo-Nazi spat on a Jewish Holocaust survivor at a memorial site and gave him the Nazi salute. An 84-year-old man was spat on. Oh, you need a, a real mensch to come knock his fucking head off. You hear, you hear my Yiddish game rap? Yeah. A mensch. Yeah. They need to find this guy. And let the 84-year-old guy fuck him in the ass. <laughs> that, that's how you deal with it. We, we, we get him. Obviously, the 84-year-old guy probably can't fight him. You need a couple of young, young bucks with him. Catch him. They're going to track him down. And they let the 84-year-old guy go to town on him. No wonder, bread bag. Skeet, 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 skeet. Like some Pulp Fiction type shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Get Ving Rhames on his ass. Go medieval on his ass. 
the next sick fuck of the week, Lisa Bloom, crooked Lisa Bloom, who can't seem to keep herself out of the news. She infamously was representing black China. And then, of course, she was infamously representing Harvey Weinstein. And at one point, she was representing Kathy Griffin. And she, she gave her all that bad advice. Uh, she apparently won't leave Cass, Kathy Griffin alone. And I, and I told Kathy Griffin, you fucked up with that. You right. should have let that little storm pass, and you would have been a hero. Don't apologize to anything that has to do with Donald Trump, ever. Fuck him. Fuck him. <laughs> and, now, and now crooked Lisa Bloom, she's harassing Kathy Griffin. Leave Kathy alone, you animal. Mm. Crooked Lisa is getting her, she's getting her paper, though. I got to tell you, she, she's out there doing it. And, by, by, uh, by any means necessary. That's why she's yeah. crooked Lisa Bloom. She's a, she, you have to be a shark out there. <laughs> uh, the other sick fucks, they have sex education in Belgium for seven-year-olds. Oh, man. Sex education for seven-year-olds explaining different sex techniques such as the hummingbird, the twist and shout, and the deep cave. You sick fucks. If I sent my seven-year-old to school and they came home talking about that hummingbird, that twist and shout, and that deep cave, these are oral (laughs) sex techniques. These are straight fuck. You know who needs to watch this videotape? Christian Ponder. Yeah not, yeah. not the seven-year-olds. Christian Ponder, you need to watch this. The hummingbird. I'll be stinging like a fucking bee. Mm. A hummingbird. Seven years old? Seven years old they're showing this shit. That's a crime. That's a, Lock I treat them up. That like, yeah, crime. Lock them up. Lock them the shit. fuck up. That is incredible. Another sick fuck, director James Toback, who directed the movie The Pickup Artist, some other, you know, good films, Two Guys and a Girl, Black and White, good director, sort of a rogue director, does his thing. Three dozen women have came out and accused him of sexual harassment, and if you look at James Toback, he actually does look like a sick fuck. When three dozen women are saying the same thing, where there's smoke, there's fire. It's not just R. Kelly. Where there is smoke, there is fire. James Toback, you sick fuck you. You know you ain't skeeting. You look like shit. <laughs> My man looks like straight shit. Yo. Yo, it's, it's a, it's, a, another it's, big name director's going down uh, in a week. Mark, mark my words. I'm not naming yeah, the name. Mark my fucking words. And it's going to be a big, big mainstream director. Mark my words. Watch. For all the little young aspiring actors and all that, watch what you say to women. It could be misinterpreted. It could come back and haunt you. Just be polite, you know, just be like, because this shit, this climate we're in, yo, you could just get accused and your shit could be over. And you could, you know, it's just. You could yo, just you get be, accused. And You got to be on your, your P's and Q's and, and just, yo, be on some, I don't know, man. Just, yo, it could be misinterpreted. Sexual, you know, harassment. Just a motherfucker saying, you look good. <laughs> yup. Yup. You know? You can't even, when a beautiful woman walks by you on the street, you can't even say, God bless you anymore. Word. 
That's like a standard thing in New York. If a beautiful woman walks by, most people will be like, God bless you. Yeah. And they take that. Oh, you heard what he said? <laughs> or if she's walking by, like I remember uh, uh, there was one of our friends, uh, if, if a woman had a, a nice derriere, he would be like, God damn, you shining, girl. Yeah. What's wrong with saying, God damn, that? you shining, girl? But in this day and age, shit, that could come back to haunt you. Finally, the sick fuck of the week. Over a dozen years after a career criminal raped a 68-year-old woman in her home, he came face-to-face with the victim who's now 82. How is this guy still alive? A career criminal, he raped a 68-year-old woman. Damn. Depraved, man. Where else can this guy be? Locked. But in Fuck a cage. Well, well, the 82-year-old woman says he should be electrocuted. And I say, good. She confronted yeah. him face-to-face. This piece of shit. And he showed up into court, not a mark on him. How are these guys <laughs> not walking with a limp from getting that Wonder Bread bag and beaten? They should yeah. come in there with black eyes, bloody lips, busted, no- yeah. busted nose, broken elbows, all kind of shit. Yeah. Police work. That's what I would say. Yeah, he struggled. Hey, G tried to jump out of the first floor. We 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 saved him. And and I saw that they said this was a hulking guy that needed actually two pairs of handcuffs to secure his arms behind his back. Damn. All right, that's it. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. We're done. I want to thank my man Eli Lake, the unofficial official political correspondent of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. We told you the 30th New York yes. City, we will be at the Gramercy Theater doing our thing live and direct. Michael Rapport, G Monetti, it is the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. We out. Peace.